to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're in our series of topics talking about common herd health issues. Today, we're going to talk about prolapses, and I'm joined by Dr. Lindsay Wachter-Mead, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator based in the southeast part of the state. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me back, Aaron. Well, this is calving time, and calving is a time of year when we often see prolapses. And today, you're going to kind of walk through with us different types of prolapses we can see and how we might need to understand what's happening with those. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, unfortunately, we've probably all experienced these major issues during calving season. But the two, the two main prolapses I wanted to cover today, especially because we are in the middle of calving season, would be a vaginal prolapse and a uterine prolapse. And it's really important as a cattle producer to understand the difference. They're both technically emergencies and they need to be fixed, but how you handle them is an important, is important to understand. So to start with, let's talk about, uh, we'll talk about vaginal prolapses first. And if I was in front of you, this would be a lot better with pictures, but if you can kind of um, imagine what the reproductive track of a cow looks like, that kind of helps you understand what you're dealing with when you see something abnormal. So the beginning of the repro tract, you know, there is a cervix and the cervix is what closes the birth canal when the cow is pregnant. So we know, you know, when you go to AI a cow, you actually pass that through the cervix. But once we have a confirmed pregnancy, the body will close that down. And um, that's nature's way of protecting that baby, letting it grow. Then beyond that cervix is the uterus. So it goes the, the vaginal, the vagina is the like vaginal vestibule, kind of like a little pocket then it's cervix, then it's the uterus. And the uterus is where that calf is growing. So once you kind of understand those, those three areas, we can kind of talk about what you see. So if we're going to discuss vaginal prolapses, usually what you'll see is um, a cow that hasn't calved yet. And that's important because the weight from that calf and room and weight and everything as she starts to get bigger puts pressure on the cervix and the vagina. And you'll actually get uh, in some cows that that can potentially prolapse out. So we're talking about cows in late gestation that you might start to see this little pink bubble. Some of them can get up to, you know, volleyball size. They're usually really smooth. Um, you don't usually see anything else on it. Maybe depending on how long it's been out, it might look a little different. But the other thing is they can go in and out. So you might notice when she stands up that 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 bubble goes back in. And then when she lays down, it might come back out. There is a possibility of seeing like a, a cervical prolapse with, with a vaginal prolapse. And that you, sometimes you won't even be able to tell, but if they're, you know, it, it just depends on how much tissue is on the outside. So this is important um, because you can also have the bladder that sits down below um, the whole reproductive tract in the cow can actually prolapse out into that vaginal prolapse as well. So if you think about a bladder prolapsing inside of that bubble, that's going to prevent her from urinating. So we're going to have an issue there. So those are, those are things where you want to, you want to fix that. Um, and you know, your veterinarian can help you to talk you through it, get, you know, give them a call and see what they want to do about it. But the, the other important thing about a vaginal prolapse is that it is a genetic potential. So unfortunately her herds get that bad rap. I did look up a stat and I think it said 1.1% of all herds will experience vaginal prolapses in their lifetime. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to not, not to, not to uh, talk bad about herds, but that is something that we see more commonly. So it's important if you have a cow that has been causing you some troubles with a vaginal prolapse before she calves, 
that uh, you consider that you you don't want to keep anything from her. So no heifers from her. Uh, you know, we that's a genetic potential. You don't want to deal with that headache. And the other thing, too, is she's probably somebody to consider putting on the call list if this has become a repeat offender, because they can be frustrating, um, especially when you're in late calving and late gestation, because you have to put that back in. But you also need to leave it open, right, for her to have a calf. So if you, you know, one way you can put it in is you put a stitch in, but you have to pull that stitch when she's calving, which means you have to watch her really close. If you don't, you'll have a, a big wreck. So you want to make sure that 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 birth canal can stay open. So they're just a headache, um, you know, in, in general terms, not as big of an emergency, but still an emergency and, and something to, to be taken care of. So you then also mentioned uterine prolapse, and obviously that happens around the time of calving with calving. I guess walk through with us what's going on there, and and that seems to be probably more of an emergent issue than a vaginal prolapse. Yeah, definitely. So again, remember the uterus is where that calf lays. So a lot of times people will call it the calf bed, and that's a good way to remember what it is. But if that is on the outside, then we have a major problem. So if you see, so again, when you're comparing vaginal and uterine, Sometimes you may not know if she's calved and you're just going out to do a check and you see um, something hanging out of the cow. The difference usually is size. You can have a smaller uterine prolapse, but usually those are going to be like heifers or smaller cows, but they're going to be always more bigger than what a vaginal prolapse looks like. So usually down hanging down to the hocks or longer. The other thing is they will have those buttons. So the placentomes, which is where the placenta will attach to the uterus so that that calf can grow. You'll see those on the outside and they're raised and purple and probably about five, four to five inches long. And and the other thing, too, is that she'll more than likely be shocky. So laying down. Not always. You may you may see her trying to get up and move around. But when you think about the other thing that goes into that that uterus is some really, really big vessels. So I like to explain the the uterine artery is about the size of a garden hose. So if that uterus is now on the outside of the body, that artery and those vessels are stretched really, really tightly. And there's a potential that that can break. So, um, you know, unfortunately, hopefully you haven't had to see this, um, you know, in your own herds, but, but I've, I have seen where that uterus will fall off. And you know that that cow without without stopping that bleeding, she will she'll die out pretty darn quick. So um, it's a it's definitely causes a shock to the system, and we want to try and keep her as quiet and as calm and not running around. Um, so you know I usually the be- the best thing to do is just leave her where she's at and call your veterinarian for help. Perfect world, you have something to dally her to, or you have like panels or something to put around her. Sometimes they won't even get up. So you know, just leave her be. But but we want to try and get that back in. Again, that's where, you know, it, it's not an easy task. And it's not, as a veterinarian, it's probably one of my least favorite things to do, to be honest, because it's it's a physical, you know, it takes a lot of work to get that back in there. And the, the other part, unfortunately, is when you get it in, um, you know, they can sometimes still not make it. So just depending on how long it's been out, how um, how shocked she is, you know, how how the rest of her system is doing is going to really depend on on lots of factors there. But again, it's an emergency. You see it. You want to call for help right away. Things that can cause it. So this isn't this is good to know. But lots of people will ask if they if they have some problems with it. You can you see it more in dairy cattle, but a calcium level that's low can potentially cause an increase in um, 
uterine prolapses. And, and you'll see that in beef cattle too sometimes. But the majority of the time for beef cows is just a dystocia. So if she has a prolonged labor, um, if you had to pull, you had a hard pull, something like that, she's just already in that pushing mode. And then it just, um, it just comes out too. So, so those are usually the main things you see in beef cattle. The good, good news, I guess, if there is good news about a uterine prolapse is that it's not genetic. So if, if it is, um, if it's technically what we would call a clean prolapse and you get it in right away and she has no um, shock issues and no infection, um, that's the big thing, infection. So it's not dirty. You don't get a tear or anything in that uterus. Then um, she should breed back fine the next year. And I've, I've seen many, many cattle that do that, that, you know, you get it in right away and, and um, no infection and she does well. And then she has the calf next year and it's nothing to worry about. So that's not an automatic call um, situation versus where the, the vaginal prolapse, you do want to think about that a little bit. Just thinking about the time of year we're in, obviously uh, we're recording this and exposed to have some really bitter cold weather. If I come out and I come up on a cow that's in that scenario where I have a uterine prolapse, should I do anything to try to keep that uterus warm, protected? Uh, I know you said just leave her be. Uh, do, what's what's maybe a good a protocol when we think about weather conditions? Because that seems to be often when we have these events is, uh, you know, it's not very nice outside or it's cold. What should we do to try to try to situate that cow to have the best outcome possible? And that's a good question. And the first, my first answer would be definitely um, have this conversation with your veterinarian and see what they want you to do, because some have different protocols on how to handle those. But if, if you were my client um, and you would ask me that question, you know, again, if it's a perfect world and you can dally her to something, like if you get a halter on her or you have panels or something to keep her where she's at, that's the first thing. The second thing is I actually will use, I carry large, large trash bags um, like just big black outdoor trash bags. And when I go to put a prolapse back in, I will lift that that uterus up off the ground and then lay that underneath of it, kind of like a blanket. So you could potentially kind of take one of those and kind of wrap it up. It Again, it's just don't just don't dis disturb her too much that she's going to want to get up and run because those are I've seen that too many times where they get scared and they run and it will it'll literally snap off, unfortunately. So um if you, if you have the, depending on how long it'll take to get out there, you know, um, warm water on hand is always good because we need to lavage it. We just need to clean it off. So you could, you could start pouring some warm buckets of water on it. Um, if, you know, if, again, if she's not too stressed out and wanting to run from you. Anything else on this topic or things people should be aware of around vaginal or uterine prolapses? It's just important to know the difference. You should always call when you have a question, but you know, depending on how fast, how fast you call, I guess, is, is the main answer. And as a veterinarian, I think a uterine, uterine prolapse is probably my number one emergency just because it is such a fragile situation. So knowing what you have and, and what you're seeing is really important. And then the other thing to remember too, because I get it a lot, is if it's a uterine prolapse, there's a baby somewhere. Because if it's on the outside, there's no calf inside of it anymore. So you know, that may not be your first thing to look for. Obviously, you want to care to mom, but there is a calf somewhere. So don't forget to find that one, too. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. For more information on the topic discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast or on herd health topics, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, we have a number of resources on these topics.